0: Section 6 of the Descent of Man, Part 2 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ava'i in November 2010. The Descent of Man, Part 2 by Charles Darwin. Chapter 8 Principles of Sexual Selection part six insects in this great class the lepidoptera almost alone afford means for judging of the proportional numbers of the sexes for they have been collected with special care by many good observers and have been largely bred from the egg or caterpillar state I had hoped that some breeders of silk moths might have kept an exact record but after writing to france and italy and consulting various treatises i cannot find that this has ever been done the general opinion appears to be that the sexes are nearly equal but in italy as i hear from professor canestrini many breeders are convinced that the females are produced in excess this same naturalist, however, informs me, that in the two yearly broods of the Aelanthus silk-moth, Bombix cynthia, the males greatly preponderate in the first, whilst in the second the two sexes are nearly equal, or the females rather in excess. In regard to butterflies in a state of nature, several observers have been much struck by the apparently enormous preponderance of the males. Footnote. Leuckart quotes Meinecke, that the males of butterflies are three or four times as numerous as the females. and footnote. Thus Mr. Bates, in The Naturalist on the Amazons, volume Two, eighteen sixty-three, pages 228 and 347, in speaking of several species, about a hundred in number, which inhabit the upper Amazons, says that, the males are much more numerous than the females, even in the proportion of a hundred to one. In North America, Edwards, who had great experience, estimates in the genus Papilio, the males to the females, as four to one, and Mr. Walsh, who informed me of this statement, says that with Papilio turnus this is certainly the case. In South Africa, Mr. R. Tryman found the males in excess in nineteen species. Footnote: Four of these cases are given by Mr. Triman in his *Ropalocera Africae Australis*. And footnote: And in one of these, which swarms in open places, he estimated the number of males as fifty to one female with another species in which the males are numerous in certain localities he collected only five females during seven years in the island of bourbon Monsieur maillard states that the males of one species of papilio are twenty times as numerous as the females mr triman informs me that as far as he has himself seen or heard from others it is rare for the females of any butterfly to exceed the males in number but three south african species perhaps offer an exception mr wallace states that the females of ornithoptera croesus in the malay archipelago are more common and more easily caught than the males but this is a rare butterfly i may here add that in Hyperythra, a genus of moths gueni says that from four to five females are sent in collections from india for one male when this subject of the proportional numbers of the sexes of insects was brought before the entomological society it was generally admitted that the males of most lepidoptera in the adult or imago state are caught in greater numbers than the females but this fact was attributed by various observers to the more retiring habits of the females and to the males emerging earlier from the cocoon this latter circumstance is well known to occur with most lepidoptera as well as with other insects so that as m personat remarks the males of the domesticated Bombyx yamamai are useless at the beginning of the season and the females at the end from the want of mates i cannot however persuade myself that these causes suffice to explain the great excess of males in the above cases of certain butterflies which are extremely common in their native countries mr stainton who has paid very close attention during many years to the smaller moths informs me that when he collected them in the imago state he thought that the males were ten times as numerous as the females but that since he has reared them on a large scale from the caterpillar state he is convinced that the females are the more numerous several entomologists concur in this view mr doubleday however and some others take an opposite view and are convinced that they have reared from the eggs and caterpillars a larger proportion of males than of females besides the more active habits of the males their earlier emergence from the cocoon and in some cases their frequenting more open stations other causes may be assigned for an apparent or real difference in the proportional numbers of the sexes of lepidoptera when captured in the imago state when reared from the egg or caterpillar state i hear from professor canestrini that it is believed by many breeders in italy that the female caterpillar of the silk moth suffers more from the recent disease than the male and dr staudinger informs me that in rearing lepidoptera more females die in the cocoon than males With many species the female caterpillar is larger than the male, and a collector would naturally choose the finest specimens, and thus unintentionally collect a larger number of females. Three collectors have told me that this was their practice, but Dr. Wallace is sure that most collectors take all the specimens which they can find of the rarer kinds, which alone are worth the trouble of rearing birds when surrounded by caterpillars would probably devour the largest and professor canestrini informs me that in italy some breeders believe though on insufficient evidence that in the first broods of the ailanthus silk moth the wasps destroy a larger number of the female than of the male caterpillars dr wallace further remarks that female caterpillars from being larger than the males require more time for their development and consume more food and moisture and thus they would be exposed during a longer time to danger from ichneumons birds etc and in times of scarcity would perish in greater numbers hence it appears quite possible that in a state of nature fewer female lepidoptera may reach maturity than males and for our special object we are concerned with their relative numbers at maturity when the sexes are ready to propagate their kind the manner in which the males of certain moths congregate in extraordinary numbers round a single female apparently indicates a great excess of males though this fact may perhaps be accounted for by the earlier emergence of the males from their cocoons Mr. Stainton informs me that from twelve to twenty males may often be seen congregated round a female Elachista Rufocineria. It is well known that if a virgin Laziocampa Quercus or Saturnia Carpini be exposed in a cage, vast numbers of males collect round her, and if confined in a room will even come down the chimney to her. Mr. Doubleday believes that he has seen from fifty to a hundred males of both these species attracted in the course of a single day by a female in confinement. In the Isle of Wight, Mr. Tryman exposed a box in which a female of the Lazio Campa had been confined on the previous day, and five males soon endeavoured to gain admittance in australia mr verot having placed the female of a small bombyx in a box in his pocket was followed by a crowd of males so that about two hundred entered the house with him mr doubleday has called my attention to m staudinger's list of lepidoptera which gives the prices of the males and females of three hundred species or well-marked varieties of butterflies Ropalocera the prices for both sexes of the very common species are of course the same but in one hundred fourteen of the rarer species they differ the males being in all cases excepting one the cheaper on an average of the prices of the hundred thirteen species the price of the male to that of the female is as one hundred to one hundred forty-nine and this apparently indicates that inversely the males exceed the females in the same proportion. About 2,000 species or varieties of moths, heterocera, are catalogued, those with wingless females being here excluded on account of the difference in habits between the two sexes. Of these 2,000 species, 141 differ in price according to sex, the males of one hundred thirty being cheaper and those of only eleven being dearer than the females the average price of the males of the one hundred thirty species to that of the females is as one hundred to one hundred forty three with respect to the butterflies in this priced list mr doubleday thinks and no man in england has had more experience that there is nothing in the habits of the species which can account for the difference in the prices of the two sexes and that it can be accounted for only by an excess in the number of the males but i am bound to add that dr staudinger informs me that he is himself of a different opinion he thinks that the less active habits of the females and the earlier emergence of the males will account for his collectors securing a larger number of males than of females, and consequently for the lower prices of the former. With respect to specimens reared from the caterpillar state, Dr. Staudinger believes, as previously stated, that a greater number of females than of males die whilst confined to the cocoons. He adds that with certain species one sex seems to preponderate over the other during certain years. Of direct observations on the sexes of Lepidoptera, reared either from eggs or caterpillars, I have received only the few following cases. The Rev. J. Hellens of Exeter reared, during 1868, imagos of 73 species, which consisted of 153 males, 137 females. Footnote this naturalist has been so kind as to send me some results from former years in which the females seemed to preponderate but so many of the figures were estimates that i found it impossible to tabulate them mr albert jones of eltham reared during eighteen sixty eight imagos of nine species which consisted of one hundred fifty nine males 126 females. During 1869, he reared imagos from four species, consisting of 114 males, 112 females. Mr. Buckler of Emsworth, Hans, during 1869, reared imagos from 74 species, consisting of 180 males, 169 females dr wallace of colster reared from one brood of bombyx cynthia fifty two males forty eight females dr wallace raised from cocoons of bombyx perni sent from china during eighteen sixty nine two hundred twenty four males one hundred twenty three females dr wallace raised during eighteen sixty eight and eighteen sixty nine From two lots of cocoons of Bombix Yamamai, 52 males, 46 females. Total, 934 males, 761 females. So that in these eight lots of cocoons and eggs, males were produced in excess. Taken together, the proportion of males is as 122.7 to 100 females. But the numbers are hardly large enough to be trustworthy on the whole from these various sources of evidence all pointing in the same direction i infer that with most species of lepidoptera the mature males generally exceed the females in number whatever the proportions may be at their first emergence from the egg With reference to the other orders of insects, I have been able to collect very little reliable information. With the stag beetle Lucanus cervus, the males appear to be much more numerous than the females, but when, as Cornelius remarked during 1867, an unusual number of these beetles appeared in one part of Germany, the females appeared to exceed the males as six to one. With one of the elateridae the males are said to be much more numerous than the females and two or three are often found united with one female so that here polyandry seems to prevail with ciagonium staphylinidae in which the males are furnished with horns the females are far more numerous than the opposite sex Mr. Janssen stated at the Entomological Society that the females of the bark-feeding Tomicus villosus are so common as to be a plague, whilst the males are so rare as to be hardly known. It is hardly worth while saying anything about the proportion of the sexes in certain species and even groups of insects, for the males are unknown or very rare, and the females are parthenogenetic, that is, Fertile without sexual union. Examples of this are afforded by several of the Cynipidae. In all the gall making Sinipidae known to Mr. Walsh, the females are four to five times as numerous as the males, and so it is, as he informs me, with the gall making Cessidomidae, diptera. With some common species of saw-flies, Tenthredinae, mr f smith has reared hundreds of specimens from larvae of all sizes but has never reared a single male on the other hand curtis says that with certain species athalia bred by him the males were to the females as six to one whilst exactly the reverse occurred with the mature insects of the same species caught in the fields in the family of bees hermann Müller collected a large number of specimens of many species and reared others from the cocoons and counted the sexes he found that the males of some species greatly exceeded the females in number in others the reverse occurred and in others the two sexes were nearly equal but as in most cases the males emerge from the cocoons before the females They are at the commencement of the breeding season practically in excess. Müller also observed that the relative number of the two sexes in some species differed much in different localities. But as H. Müller has himself remarked to me, these remarks must be received with some caution, as one sex might more easily escape observation than the other. Thus, his brother Fritz Müller has noticed in Brazil that the two sexes of the same species of bee sometimes frequent different kinds of flowers. With respect to the Orthoptera, I know hardly anything about the relative number of the sexes. Quarte in Die zug oder Wanderheuschrecke, eighteen twenty-eight, page twenty, however says that out of five hundred locusts which he examined the males were to the females as five to six with the neuroptera mr walsh states that in many but by no means in all the species of the odonatus group there is a great overplus of males in the genus heterina also the males are generally at least four times as numerous as the females In certain species in the genus Gomphus, the males are equally in excess, whilst in two other species the females are twice or thrice as numerous as the males. In some European species of Psocus, thousands of females may be collected without a single male, whilst with other species of the same genus, both sexes are common. In England, Mr. McLachlan has captured hundreds of the female Apatania mulibris, but has never seen the male, and of Boreus hyemalis only four or five males have been seen here. With most of these species, excepting the Tenthredinae, there is at present no evidence that the females are subject to parthenogenesis, and thus we see how ignorant we are of the causes of the apparent discrepancy in the proportion of the two sexes in the other classes of the articulata i have been able to collect still less information with spiders mr blackwell who has carefully attended to this class during many years writes to me that the males from their more erratic habits are more commonly seen and therefore appear more numerous this is actually the case with a few species but he mentions several species in six genera in which the females appear to be much more numerous than the males footnote another great authority with respect to this class professor Thorell, speaks as if female spiders were generally commoner than the males and footnote the small size of the males in comparison with the females a peculiarity which is sometimes carried to an extreme degree, and their widely different appearance may account in some instances for their rarity in collections. Some of the lower crustaceans are able to propagate their kind sexually, and this will account for the extreme rarity of the males. Thus von Siebold carefully examined no less than 13,000 specimens of Apis, from twenty-one localities, and amongst these he found only three hundred and nineteen males. With some other forms, as Tanes and Cyprus, as Fritz Müller informs me, there is reason to believe that the males are much shorter-lived than the females, and this would explain their scarcity, supposing the two sexes to be at first equal in number on the other hand Müller has invariably taken far more males than females of the diastilidae and of cypridina on the shores of brazil thus with a species in the latter genus sixty-three specimens caught the same day included fifty-seven males but he suggests that this preponderance may be due to some unknown difference in the habits of the two sexes with one of the higher brazilian crabs namely a Gelassimus, fritzmüller found the males to be more numerous than the females according to the large experience of mr c spence bait the reverse seems to be the case with six common british crabs the names of which he has given me the proportion of the sexes in relation to natural selection there is reason to suspect that in some cases man has by selection indirectly influenced his own sex-producing powers certain women tend to produce during their whole lives more children of one sex than of the other and the same holds good of many animals for instance cows and horses thus mr wright of yeldersley house informs me that one of his arab mares though put seven times to different horses produced seven fillies. Though I have very little evidence on this head, analogy would lead to the belief that the tendency to produce either sex would be inherited, like almost every other peculiarity, for instance that of producing twins, and concerning the above tendency a good authority, Mr. J. Downing, has communicated to me facts which seem to prove that this does occur in certain families of short-horn cattle. Colonel Marshall has recently found on careful examination that the Todas, a hill tribe of India, consist of 112 males and 84 females of all ages, that is, in a ratio of 133.3 males to 100 females. The Todas, who are polyandrous in their marriages, during former times invariably practiced female infanticide. But this practice has now been discontinued for a considerable period of the children born within late years the males are more numerous than the females in the proportion of one hundred twenty four to one hundred colonel marshall accounts for this fact in the following ingenious manner quote, let us for the purpose of illustration take three families as representing an average of the entire tribe say that one mother gives birth to six daughters and no sons a second mother has six sons only whilst the third mother has three sons and three daughters the first mother following the tribal custom destroys four daughters and preserves two the second retains her six sons the third kills two daughters and keeps one as also her three sons We have then from the three families nine sons and three daughters, with which to continue the breed. But whilst the males belong to families in which the tendency to produce sons is great, the females are of those of a converse inclination. Thus the bias strengthens with each generation, until, as we find, families grow to have habitually more sons than daughters. That this result would follow from the above form of infanticide seems almost certain. That is, if we assume that a sex-producing tendency is inherited. But as the above numbers are so extremely scanty, I have searched for additional evidence, but cannot decide whether what I have found is trustworthy. Nevertheless, the facts are, perhaps, worth giving." The Maoris of New Zealand have long practised infanticide, and Mr. Fenton states that he quote, "...has met with instances of women who have destroyed four, six, and even seven children, mostly females. However, the universal testimony of those best qualified to judge is conclusive that this custom has for many years been almost extinct." probably the year 1835 may be named as the period of its ceasing to exist now amongst the new zealanders as with the todas male births are considerably in excess mr fenton remarks one fact is certain although the exact period of the commencement of this singular condition of the disproportion of the sexes cannot be demonstratively fixed It is quite clear that this course of decrease was in full operation during the years eighteen thirty to eighteen forty four, when the non-adult population of eighteen forty four was being produced and has continued with great energy up to the present time. The following statements are taken from Mr. Fenton, but as the numbers are not large and as the census was not accurate, uniform results cannot be expected. It should be borne in mind in this and the following cases that the normal state of every population is an excess of women, at least in all civilized countries, chiefly owing to the greater mortality of the male sex during youth and partly to accidents of all kinds later in life. In eighteen fifty eight, the native population of new zealand was estimated as consisting of thirty one thousand six hundred sixty seven males and twenty four thousand three hundred three females of all ages that is in the ratio of one hundred thirty point three males to one hundred females but during this same year and in certain limited districts the numbers were ascertained with much care and the males of all ages were here seven hundred fifty three and the females six hundred sixteen that is in the ratio of one hundred twenty two point two males to one hundred females it is more important for us that during this same year of eighteen fifty eight the non-adult males within the same district were found to be one hundred seventy eight and the non adult females one hundred forty two that is in the ratio of one hundred twenty five point three to one hundred it may be added that in eighteen forty four at which period female infanticide had only lately ceased the non adult males in one district were two hundred eighty one and the non adult females only one hundred ninety five that is in the ratio of one hundred forty four point eight males to one hundred females in the sandwich islands the males exceed the females in number infanticide was formerly practiced there to a frightful extent but was by no means confined to female infants as is shown by mr ellis and as i have been informed by bishop staley and the reverend mr cohen nevertheless another apparently trustworthy writer mr jarves whose observations apply to the whole archipelago remarks numbers of women are to be found who confess to the murder of from three to six or eight children and he adds females from being considered less useful than males were more often destroyed from what is known to occur in other parts of the world this statement is probable but must be received with much caution the practice of infanticide ceased about the year 1819, when idolatry was abolished and missionaries settled in the islands a careful census in eighteen thirty nine of the adult and taxable men and women in the island of kauai and in one district of oahu gives 4,723 males and 3,776 females, that is, in the ratio of 125.08 to 100. At the same time, the number of males under 14 years in Kauai and under 18 in Oahu was 1,797 and of females of the same ages 1,429 and here we have the ratio of 125.75 males to 100 females. In a census of all the islands in 1850, the males of all ages amount to 36,272, and the females to 33,128, or as 109.49 to 100. The males under 17 years amounted to 10,773, and the females under the same age to 9,593, or as 112.3 to 100. From the census of 1872, the proportion of males of all ages, including half-castes, to females is as 125.36 to 100. It must be borne in mind that all these returns for the Sandwich Islands give the proportion of living males to living females, and not of the births, and judging from all civilized countries, the proportion of males would have been considerably higher if the numbers had referred to births. Footnote. Dr. Coulter, in describing the state of California about the year 1830, says that the natives reclaimed by the spanish missionaries have nearly all perished or are perishing although well treated not driven from their native land and kept from the use of spirits he attributes this in great part to the undoubted fact that the men greatly exceed the women in number but he does not know whether this is due to a failure of female offspring or to more females dying during early youth The latter alternative according to all analogy is very improbable. He adds that infanticide properly so called is not common, though very frequent recourse is had to abortion. If Dr. Coulter is correct about infanticide, this case cannot be advanced in support of Colonel Marshall's view. From the rapid decrease of the reclaimed natives, we may suspect that, as in the cases lately given, their fertility has been diminished from changed habits of life. I had hoped to gain some light on this subject from the breeding of dogs, inasmuch as in most breeds, with the exception perhaps of greyhounds, many more female puppies are destroyed than males, just as with the Toda infants mr cupples assures me that this is unusual with scotch deerhounds unfortunately i know nothing of the proportion of the sexes in any breed except in greyhounds and there the male births are to the females as one hundred ten point one to one hundred now from inquiries made from many breeders it seems that the females are in some respects more esteemed though otherwise troublesome and it does not appear that the female puppies of the best-bred dogs are systematically destroyed more than the males though this does sometimes take place to a limited extent therefore i am unable to decide whether we can on the above principles account for the preponderance of male births in greyhounds on the other hand we have seen that with horses cattle and sheep which are too valuable for the young of either sex to be destroyed if there is any difference the females are slightly in excess from the several foregoing cases we have some reason to believe that infanticide practised in the manner above explained tends to make a male producing race but i am far from supposing that this practice in the case of man or some analogous process with other species has been the sole determining cause of an excess of males there may be some unknown law leading to this result in decreasing races which have already become somewhat infertile besides the several causes previously alluded to the greater facility of parturition amongst savages and the less consequent injury to their male infants, would tend to increase the proportion of live-born males to females. There does not, however, seem to be any necessary connection between savage life and a marked excess of males, that is, if we may judge by the character of the scanty offspring of the lately existing Tasmanians, and of the crossed offspring of the Tahitians now inhabiting Norfolk Island as the males and females of many animals differ somewhat in habits and are exposed in different degrees to danger it is probable that in many cases more of one sex than of the other are habitually destroyed but as far as i can trace out the complication of causes an indiscriminate though large destruction of either sex would not tend to modify the sex producing power of the species with strictly social animals such as bees or ants which produce a vast number of sterile and fertile females in comparison with the males and to whom this preponderance is of paramount importance we can see that those communities would flourish best which contained females having a strong inherited tendency to produce more and more females and in such cases an unequal sex-producing tendency would be ultimately gained through natural selection. With animals living in herds or troops in which the males come to the front and defend the herd, as with the bisons of North America and certain baboons, it is conceivable that the male-producing tendency might be gained by natural selection, for the individuals of the better defended herds would leave more numerous descendants. In the case of mankind, the advantage arising from having a preponderance of men in the tribe is supposed to be one chief cause of the practice of female infanticide. In no case, as far as we can see, would an inherited tendency to produce both sexes in equal numbers or to produce one sex in excess be a direct advantage or disadvantage to certain individuals more than to others. For instance, an individual with a tendency to produce more males than females would not succeed better in the battle for life than an individual with an opposite tendency and therefore a tendency of this kind could not be gained through natural selection nevertheless there are certain animals for instance fishes and cirripedes in which two or more males appear to be necessary for the fertilisation of the female and the males accordingly largely preponderate, but it is by no means obvious how this male-producing tendency could have been acquired. I formerly thought that when a tendency to produce the two sexes in equal numbers was advantageous to the species, it would follow from natural selection, but I now see that the whole problem is so intricate that it is safer to leave its solution for the future. End of section six.